Hello, everyone. We are back once again for your weekly update on All News Nerdy. This week, we are going to be discussing a surprising update for Captain America. We've got uh, a little news regarding the Disney Plus Ahsoka show, and then we have a look at Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. I'm your host, Brennan Sem, and this is the New Wave Nerds. Okay, so our first story of the week is going to be about Captain America, uh, which has a new title. So this is the the new Captain America film that's going to be starring Anthony Mackie. Uh, it will be his first film as the character. Uh, for those of you who may not remember, at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier, Sam Wilson dropped the Falcon name, picked up the shield, and became Captain America. Um, and so this film, which was previously titled New World Order is now going to be known as Captain America Brave New World. A little bit different. Um, So this change was revealed by Anthony Mackie in an Instagram post where he was thanking Harrison Ford. Uh, I think the the actual post was something along the lines of, if if the great Harrison Ford gives you, tells you how to film an action scene you just do it or something along those lines I don't know it seemed a little bit passive aggressive but he, he was thanking him um and there the the reason for the name change has not been explicitly stated but the speculation and uh I, I'm gonna go ahead and assume that this is <laughs> this is probably the actual cause um is that the name was changed because the you know the the tie or the phrase rather new world order sort of has uh, some connotations in <laughs> among conspiracy theorists. Um, in short, the new world order is, is this theory that uh, the elites of the world are conspiring together to form a sort of uh, fascistic totalitarian regime uh, with with one world government. Um, and <laughs> naturally, Marvel Studios did not want to be associated <laughs> with with the conspiracy theory. Um, with I assume either with the being uh, they don't want to be associated with the subject of the conspiracy theory, or I I suppose the perpetrators of the theory. So ultimately, it was probably a good choice. Um, I don't know. I mean, Brave New World is a little bit of a weird name to me. Uh, but it just makes me think of, you know, Aldous Huxley's uh, best novel <laughs> uh, of the same name. Great novel, uh, John the Savage. <sighs> you should give that one a read. That one's really good. Uh, I don't remember the last time I read it, but it, it was, it was, I think it was maybe eight months ago or so. Um, another dystopian future. Similar, I suppose, in, in, nah, maybe not all that similar. Um this one is is much more of like a sort of technocratic uh t- t- a sort of technocratic dystopian future rather than 1984 which is a sort of totalitarian stalinist regime. Um but back to the actual subject. The director uh Julius Ona, I believe that's how that's pronounced. Uh, he told IGN that the name, the original name, that is New World Order, was a reference to the fact that Sam was a changed man and that the world has changed around him. Not necessarily a, a global cabal of of elites who are who are I don't know up to no good, <laughs> but 
I don't know. I think changing it was probably a good idea. I'm not crazy about the change. I think they could have made they could have made some better a better decision. I mean, I guess, you know, if if that was the sort of point that they wanted to get across, it it still does it, you know? Uh I don't know, but <clears throat> interestingly enough, Brave New World uh has some ties to a really controversial controversial Captain America comic run. Um, so this run was known as Secret Empire, and this is one that I have read. Uh, it was written by Nick Spencer, and it's pretty weird. <laughs> I see why a lot of people would hate it, um, but I, I did enjoy it. It wasn't, I, I you know, obviously... You guys know that Ed Brubaker is my favorite run of Captain America, and uh, nothing will ever beat him. Um, but I mean, this was okay. So the story itself is kind of weird. Uh, it focuses on Steve Rogers, naturally, Captain America. So this is after he was he's been reborn, because um, you know he died. <laughs> he died in the Ed Brubaker run, but then he came back in like 2013 or so, maybe. Oh, wow, that was like 10 years ago. Um, was it longer than that? It might be 2012. Not important. Um, and then this Secret Empire run was in 2017. But in the run, it is revealed that Steve Rogers is uh, secretly a Hydra agent. Dun, dun, dun. And he has been so all along. He's a bit of a sleeper agent. No, not a sleeper agent, because I, I guess... I think he knows that he's he works for Hydra or I guess it, it never really explicitly says but um eventually the secret empire as it were is is uh, what is formed after Hydra sort of reshapes the whole world in their image <laughs> they um they they basically lock out all of the heroes uh in various methods um the storyline surrounding New York City is really cool. Uh, they encase it in uh, the dark dimension, I believe. And let's see, who's in there? Obviously, we got Daredevil, Doctor Strange. Um, I don't think Spider-Man is there. I want to say Luke Cage and Moon Knight, perhaps. But uh, basically, while they're in there, Wilson Fisk is like wheeling and dealing and um that is when he sets up his he sets himself up to be elected the mayor of New York City because he is sort of being very charitable he's helping everybody out he's giving away food um but you know he's he's not doing anything wrong and he's helping people so none of the heroes can really do anything and oh cloak and dagger are in are in there as well i forgot that um but this storyline, or maybe not this storyline, but Wilson Fisk's role in this storyline is what eventually leads to Chip Zdarsky's uh, Devil's Reign story, where he fully takes over uh, New York City as the mayor, and he just sort of wreaks some havoc. And uh, Chip Zdarsky, his run on Daredevil is really good, uh, so I think it was it was really well connected there. Um, but basically... Uh, spoiler alert for a comic arc that came out 
five years ago. I won't, you know, go too deep into the spoilers, but the main story beat is that the Red Skull has... Oh my god, there's a bug outside my window. The Red... That was a big bug! Uh, The Red Skull has come into possession of a cosmic cube, uh, a sentient cosmic cube named... I believe it's Korvac, or maybe it's Cormac. I know it starts with a K. Korvic? I don't know. Something along those lines. Uh, It starts with a K. And he uses that to replace Steve Rogers with an evil version of himself, who is obviously the evil version is the one who is the Hydra agent, who then takes over S.H.I.E.L.D. and takes over uh, the world. (laughs) And actually, now that I think about it, this storyline is where I was introduced to America Chavez. Um, She's out in space with Captain Marvel and the Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think all the Guardians. I think just Star-Lord and Rocket. But yeah, they get trapped outside or out in space, and America Chavez has has to attempt to try and save them. I think Quasar is there as well. Somebody who I'm not particularly familiar with, but this comic set her up to be really important and powerful. Um, I don't know, something I'll have to probably do a little bit more research on. But essentially, uh, the gist of it, the gist of the ending is that the good Steve is, I, I think, stuck in the cube. This part was really confusing. <laughs> so the good the good Steve is, like, stuck inside the cube or something, and so I think they shatter the cube. Uh, they, in this case, being... I want to say it was uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America. Because, we you know, you have to remember, this is the time when Sam Wilson had taken up the shield. So we had two Captain Americas again. Uh... Sam Wilson and Steve Rogers and Sam at the beginning of the story is like he is I guess in like some form of exile he like just acts as a smuggler I think I yeah I'm pretty sure he he basically gives up he he's really depressed um you know he's like if Cap is evil then you know what what is the point uh, if this guy who is supposed to be, you know, the ultimate Boy Scout, if he's secretly a Hydra agent, then what's the point? Um, and he's like a smuggler and he smuggles the group, the last group of like, like heroes who are really actually involved and, and want to believe there is still good in the world. Um, he smuggles them up to... Alaska I think (laughs) he smuggles them up to or maybe it's Canada but I'm pretty sure it's Alaska uh, so that they can retrieve I think they're looking for a shard of the cosmic cube and it is in Alaska and I believe if I'm remembering this correctly Alaska is (laughs) this is gonna be ridiculous Alaska is controlled by this like Ultron Hank Pym hybrid um, they have sort of merged into one weird android. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah, the more I talk about this storyline, the more I'm like, yeah, I see why so many people hate it. Um, looking back, it was not, it wasn't that particularly awesome. 
But yeah, so Ultron and um, <laughs> Ultron and Hank Pym are like one guy, and they and Sam Wilson's crew and the bad guys who I believe are like Baron Zemo and, you know, the, the regular rogues gallery, um, who are now obviously allied with Steve Rogers because he's Hydra, he's evil, so they're all working together. They are also working to retrieve the Shard of the Cosmic Cube. And so Ultron, like, has a dinner party with all of them. <laughs> oh, man, I'll have to reread this. Um yeah, I'll reread this before this movie comes out, and then we can we can do like a little review for the pod. <laughs> That'll be fun. But oh wow, man, I forgot about that until just now. There's there is you know a, for every weird bit like that, there is some cool parts. Like the X Men set up their own sovereign country, uh, and it is run by Emma Frost, and I believe. Do they have a shard of the cube, or did they just go there to ask for guidance? No, they don't have anything to do with the cube, if I remember correctly. I think Hydra goes there to wipe them out, because, you know, naturally, if the X-Men are the good guys and they have a sovereign country, um, that goes against the whole one-world fascistic government that they're, they're trying to achieve here. And I think, man... Oh, I haven't read this in so long. But I believe Emma Frost says no. But she doesn't, like, fight against him. She's just like, you know, let us live by ourselves. We'll run our thing. You run your thing. We won't interfere. Just leave us alone and we'll be, you know, this little sovereign city-state, as it were. Um, And I, I think Steve is like, yeah, that's cool with me. But then naturally, eventually, in the end, they come and help because they're heroes uh though I d- i'm pretty sure an event forces them to come help but i can't remember exactly what um yeah it's a real weird <laughs> it's a real weird comic arc but they're like yeah i mean there's there's some weird stuff like i said with ultron but then for every bit of weird weird <laughs> poorly written poorly executed I, you know I don't know, because I think that if I remember correctly, the whole Ultron Hank Pym thing was an interesting concept to me at the time. And it was something that I'm, at the time, I was really interested in. And I wanted to find the comic where that happened, but I couldn't find it. So maybe I'll have to go back and see if I can find all the um, events preceding this and get a little bit more info. But yeah, I mean, the Dark Dome stuff with New York City was really cool. I will say, the the space stuff was bad. Um, was Just was not interesting. They were trying to establish stakes, but it was like all the people... And, you know, this is obviously biased, um, so maybe maybe everyone else feels differently. But it was just a bunch of characters that I didn't, I didn't really care about, you know? I mean... Maybe I haven't talked about this on the pod before, but I don't really like the Guardians. You know, I think the movies are fun, but I don't like them as a group. Uh, I would never... I would... I, I will never... I mean, never say never. I would... At this moment in time, I can't foresee myself going out and spending 20 bucks on, uh, like, a, a, a trade paperback of the Guardians. You know, they just do not interest me. Um, 
I loved the first movie. The second movie was good, except for the end. <laughs> it was weird. Um, and I still haven't seen the third one. I still haven't seen the third one, which kind of sucks. Uh, I hope it's still in theaters. I just haven't had the time. I just haven't had the time, unfortunately. Um, and I and I don't want to spend, you know, a million dollars. But, I, yeah, and I, like I said, I mean, there's Captain Marvel out there, who is a character I've discussed before. Is just... <sighs> I've never read any of her comics, but my view of her has just been tainted by the Brie Larson flick. Um, I do want to read Civil War Two at some point. Uh, I don't know. It it looks interesting, but I can't imagine it's anywhere near as good as Civil War One, uh, the Mark Miller run. Man, I don't know. America Chavez, I said, is out there, and you know that was one who I literally had no idea who she was until I read that comic. Um, so maybe it would be interesting to go back and reread that after watching Multiverse of Madness. Where, all things considered, I thought America Chavez was really good in that movie. Um, She suffered, certainly, from poor writing and poor directing. Sorry, Sam Raimi, I'm just not a fan. Sorry, Shade. Uh, I know he likes Sam Raimi. Um, Yeah, but, I mean, God, that movie was bad, wasn't it? (laughs) It really was. Oh, even, like, the CGI was bad. Every time I think about that movie and I think of the the CGI, my first thought goes straight to um, when they're on Mount Gundabad. No, that's from Lord of the Rings. I do that every time. Um, Wondagore, Mount Wondagore. Um, it's, oh, geez, Scarlet Witch uh, and Wong and those like statues come alive the cgi there was just oh my it looked like it was from like 2012 <laughs> it was just not good uh i mean 2012 i think that's probably it was it's honestly probably worse than that cuz wasn't 2012 when avatar came out the first one oh 2009 oh man and obviously the cgi in that was great um unrelated but Avatar 2, I believe, is streaming on, on, I think I got a notification that it's on Max and that it's on Disney Plus. Oh no, just Max. Maybe it comes to Disney Plus later. Um, so I'll probably have to give that a watch and come back, to, come back to it. It's obviously not going to be the same as seeing it in like IMAX or anything, but it'll get the point across. Um, man, that was a really long rant about this comic storyline <laughs> which really honestly didn't have anything to do with the point that I was trying to get get across in relation to the movie um so in this with any you know line wide event in in well in any comic but specifically as it pertains to this marvel um there are you know tie in comics there are these lines uh that sort of either set the scene sometimes they sometimes they're epilogues or they take place in the middle of the storyline and describe what characters what other characters in uh in the universe are doing and brave new world was the title of one of those tie-in comics now this is one that i do not have um typically when it comes to events as i i love to read the tie-in 
the tie-in comics just because you, you guys know me i would like to get the full story if i'm gonna get the story but they're just so expensive um it's it's a little ridiculous especially when we're talking about like civil war i mean gemini christmas there's like 15 different books and they're all like 20 bucks it's like i'm not gonna drop 300 dollars on comics um and as much as i think it would be beneficial to start using like the the marvel unlimited or the dc oh geez what's dc's online comic service called i have it downloaded i think it's dc unlimited no it's marvel unlimited i don't know it's not important as much as i I realize that those would be much more cost-effective and beneficial, especially when it comes to, to things like this, like the tie-in comics. I just really hate reading... Uh, well, I hate reading anything on, like, an ebook, but specifically comic books. I don't know. There's just something... I like the feel of the paper. It. I don't know. I'm just weird. Uh, call me old-fashioned. I mean, I basically already act like an 80-year-old man, so why not just add this to the list? But <laughs> moving back to the original point, the subject matter of this, uh, of some of these tie-in comics is really interesting to me. So Brave New World, um, the way that it worked, it wasn't just like one set comic. It was more like a bunch of one-shots that all uh, followed different characters and how they were navigating through the world and taking a look at some of the main characters from these comics really interests me in some potential cameos or supporting characters that we're going to see in this film um so first off hawkeye uh he was he was the featured character in a couple of those um you know, I don't think we're going to see him in this movie. <laughs> you know, Jeremy Renner's a little worse for wear. Though we could see Kate Bishop. I would be I would be really interested in that. I would love to see her come back. Um, I thought she was incredible in the TV show. And I'm excited to see her. Um, we have Falcon. Uh, not Sam Wilson Falcon, but the... Um, oh, Jiminy Christmas. What's that guy's name? Um, he was in the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show a little bit. Uh, it's His name is like... It's not... It starts with a J. I wanted to say like Jorge, but I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure that's not it. Um, let's see. Where... How would I find this? I'll type the second Falcon. I was hoping that it would just... It would just come up... Um, considering that they are um, working on incorporating him. Second Falcon. Here we go. Um, Joaquin Torres. That's what it is. Yes, he was the second Falcon in the, in the comics. He was the gentleman who we saw ever so briefly in the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show. Um, I believe he was, he was, I, I would have, to, no, he probably wasn't in the Air Force. I mean, all he did was really ride around in a Jeep uh, and work out on the land. Um, but he was that guy who, he went to, 
oh man, this must have been like the first or second episode. He sort of went and un- uncovered the the bank robbery or whatever it was that the organization, um, which I can't remember what it was called, but they had like the red hand and their thing was like one world that was there led by Carly Morgenthau, who hot take after some time, I think she is, she might be one of my favorite Marvel villains. You know, because I was talking to Shade about this after the last episode where I was like floundering. Um, and I think you know, she was so good. She was really compelling. Um, it was an interesting storyline. It was really interesting to me. Um, and it, she was the type of villain that you could really sort of feel for you could kind of identify with her problem you know her her gripe um it came from a noble place you know it's kind of like we discussed with uh with say thanos um they're both evil but their evil actions came from a, a genuine desire to do what is what they thought was best for the universe or just their group of people um it was really interesting to me i might as you know that show sort of suffered a little bit but i did think it was pretty it was pretty good you know it wasn't great but it was good but of course i'm biased because anything with bucky you know i'm in (laughs) i'm in uh i love that guy so much moving on (laughs) moving on to who else is who who else uh featured in this tie-in comic run spider-man miles morales interestingly enough um though i don't think he's going to appear in this film because i feel like if they were going to introduce miles they're going to do it in spectacular faction in spider-man 4 um we also have the patriot who i believe this was like his first one of his first outings um a character I'm not necessarily familiar with, but I know has played some role. Uh, Misty Knight from the the, the Netflix TV series. Uh, I thought she was awesome as well. You should definitely go watch Luke Cage if you haven't seen it yet. Um, I mean, I would say you should go watch Daredevil, but that goes without saying. We've talked about it enough. We haven't talked about Luke Cage nearly as much, and I think that is... It, it's a severely underrated show. Um, just apart from the soundtrack being <laughs> incredible, um, the guy who plays Luke Cage, he's really good. What is his name? Mike Coulter. I would love to see him come back. Um, and Misty Knight is played by Simone Missick in that as well. For a while there, they were going to do that... Um, that TV series with her and Colleen Wing. I don't remember what it was called. Maybe something along the lines of like Daughters of the of the of the Dragon. Um Colleen Wing and Misty Knight. What were they called? Yeah, Daughters of the Dragon. There we go. Um yeah, they were gonna make a show about that. Then, then unfortunately, that was no more. That's something I, I'm really interested in. I would like to see that. You know, I just want to see. 
Frankly, I think everybody from the Netflix series, series, from the Netflix shows, everybody in those was really good. Obviously, we've talked about the cast of Daredevil. Um, I mean, we talked about Kingpin and, and Daredevil himself enough, but, you know, even Karen Page and Foggy Nelson, Ben Urich, they were so good. Um, and then, oh, you know what? That, that's a way to bring in Ben Urich into Daredevil Born Again, because he obviously plays a major role in the comics. And now that we've established the Daily Bugle uh, in the MCU canon, what with the Spider-Man movies, though I'm sure the rights to that are weird simply because, you know, it's, it's de- almost certainly attached to the Spider-Man property, and that's the whole Sony issue. Mmm, that's curious. I would... <sighs> that's tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, what was, what was, was it Kristen Ritter who was Jessica Jones? Um, let's see. Yeah, Kristen Ritter. I thought she was really good. I don't really know her from much else, frankly. She's very, her face is very familiar. And I know I've seen her in stuff. Oh, she was in Breaking Bad. Oh, she was in the episode, uh, titled Kafka-esque. <laughs> um, um, that was the one, or one of the ones, where Jesse really grapples with his addiction. I don't think, I think, because she, oh, if I remember correctly, she dies, and that causes Jesse to, uh, to go into rehab. Oh, I don't know. Man, that's such a good, that's such a good show. I gotta watch that one again, too. I need to watch that, because I haven't seen Better Call Saul yet. But... <laughs> uh Kristen Ritter obviously great. Elodie Young as Electra. Oh my god. Scott Glenn as Stick, obviously Rosario Dawson. Um Jessica Henwick as Colleen Wing. I already talked about her. She was great. And then I thought everybody in Luke Cage was really good. Frankly, if I'm being honest, the only and I don't think this is, you know, like a hot take or any anything. I think this is this is this is pretty common. The the weak link, that's the uh the the phrase I'm looking for, was was Finn Jones as Danny Rand. And even he, I thought he was good in the in at parts, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'd have to rewatch it. I haven't seen that in a while either. Jeez. I can't remember. Hmm. I can't remember what I thought of the the final season of of Iron Fist. I can't remember. Was it good? I don't think so. I don't think I don't think it was. I think the first season was okay. It had some stumbles, but I think it was okay. And then the third season or excuse me, the second season I thought was weird. <laughs> I'll have to, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch those. But Misty Knight, I would love to see her come come in this. I don't think she's gonna uh doesn't track really with the sort of style that I'm the vibe that I'm getting from this film, but I would I would be here for it. Um Emma Frost as well. I mentioned that earlier. I don't think we're going to see that just because you know, X-Men, we're going to have to wait. Another one, interestingly enough, Blade 
you know, he had a, he had a tie-in comic as well. Uh, another one who I'm pretty sure we're not going to see. He just does not match the vibe. Um, but then the final one that I singled out here, which really interests me, is... And this is somebody who I think we could certainly see. And I think it's it's actually fairly... I'm not gonna, I don't know if it's likely, but it's probable that we'll see them is Namor. Namor has more issues than anyone else in the Brave New World tie-in little series. I think he has five, whereas everybody else really has like one, max two. Um, so they make a big deal out of what's going on in Atlantis at this time. I would love to see Tenochtitlan return, you know, to see a little bit more of Dalokan. I think that would be incredible. Obviously, you know, we wax poetic about him. You know, we thought he was great. Um, you know, I haven't seen that movie again. I haven't seen that a second time yet, which is so weird, which is so weird for me. <laughs> um, I see every movie two times at least, but this, I, I just haven't had... I haven't, I didn't get to see it in theaters and then I just, I haven't watched it yet on Disney plus. I'll have to go back and do that one too. Um, hmm, when am I going to work that in? <laughs> I got a lot of things that I want to watch right now, but I think that's really interesting. Um, the, the, like the bare bones of his story is that he sort of has this uneasy truce with, Hydra, sort of similar to Emma Frost and her X-Men country. Uh, her X-Men nation, I suppose, is more accurate than country. And eventually there's like a traitor amongst them or there's some backstabbing that goes on and then it gets pretty heated and he gets pretty upset. So I would love to see that. You know, in, in this film, we know that Thaddeus Ross is going to be president. Um... He is obviously pretty hot-headed, you know. He, he's not exactly known for being um, a, a, a gentle soul. And I think, if I remember correctly, I heard when this was originally announced that one of the major story beats for this was going to be center around Tiamat Island. You remember the celestial that started to emerge from uh, the... I believe it's the Indian Ocean. Yeah, I think it, I think it's the Indian Ocean. I don't know. It's the sea. It started to emerge. And I believe it's going to be... This is... I can't remember if this is speculation or... But the what I read a while ago was that the a main facet of this Brave New World was going to center around the conflict of these multiple nations trying to uh, harvest the resources that are on Tiamat Island, which is adamantium, which sort of leads us uh, into assuming that, you know, a little a little further on, we're going to be getting, you know, good old-fashioned Logan, some Wolverine action up in here. But I could see them doing a thing where instead of necessarily dealing purely with the land nations, with, you know, Thaddeus Ross dealing with, I don't know, the president of, of China or India, or even the, the king, the, 
Ooh, ooh, the king of Wakanda. Oh, we get to see a little bit more M'Baku. I would be so interested in that. Oh, I didn't think about that until just now, but that'd be really cool too. Um, at least see him, you know, we're probably not going to see a lot of him, but just a little cameo would be cool just to see a little bit of how he's, he's faring as the new king. Um, and then where I was going with that <laughs> is that I believe uh, it, it's feasible that we could see a tension arise with, uh, with Namor. But I don't, I don't necessarily know if that's the direction they'll go. I mean, that is, that means that's two sort of movies in a row where all we've seen of him is that he's like this antagonistic anti-hero. Um, and as cold as he was, I sort of feel like the next time we're going to see him, he's going to be in a little bit more of a heroic capacity. He's obviously going to maintain his sort of Machiavellian... I don't know if Machiavellian, maybe it's, maybe that's accurate, but he's just going to sort of maintain his, his, uh, stature as a sort of, sort of morally, not even morally gray. Uh, I don't know what the, the correct way to describe this is, but I, I feel like the next time we're going to see him, he's going to play more of a positive role in the eyes of, of the main heroes of the film, right? I think the next time we're going to see him, it probably, if it's not this, I, th I think the only, maybe Ironheart, maybe he makes a little cameo in Ironheart. I, that would be, I, I'm really not excited for that film, or that series, rather. But I think the most likely place, the most likely time we're going to see him is obviously Fantastic Four, and then Secret Wars as well. I think he has to play a role in that. Um, though to what extent, I have no idea. No idea. But I, I think... I'm hoping that we're going to see him in this. I, I think that's really interesting. Um, hmm. Curiously. Curious enough. Now, as for storylines, as for characters who are important in this tie-in comic but aren't necessarily heroes... This is where we get into a little bit more of how I think this is going to directly relate to the film. Um, so a storyline from one of the tie-in comics centers on the leader, capital L, that's his name, the leader. Uh, what an incredible original name. Um, I hope Nick Spencer didn't come up with that because if he did, that's real embarrassing. Whoever did, I wouldn't be giving them a raise anytime soon. Um, but this character, the leader, again, I just can't get over how stupid that name is. <laughs> he is trying to make an army of hulks. Now, the leader is going to be one of the main antagonists in the film. That has been said for sure. And he's going to be played by Tim Blake Nelson, who... Those of you who are fans of the 2008 Incredible Hulk movie will remember. He's the guy. Um, what's his name? Uh, what's his? What's the actual character name? Where is he? Samuel Stearns. That's right. He is the one who tries to make the um, the the goo, as it were, to help out. Um, why can't I think of his name? Bruce Banner. Ed Norton. There we go. That's what I was thinking of. Um, 
and in turn he creates abomination right so it tracks that's cool it's good we're going to be seeing him um but then even further than that in the comics thaddeus ross as is, is relatively i don't know maybe it's not uh i pro it's not probably probably not all that well known i mean i didn't even really know this but i don't care about hulk I think the Hulk is dumb. <laughs> He's just a big old stupid guy uh, with a character that has no nuance as far as I'm concerned. Um, but, you know, to be fair, the only comic I've read is Planet Hulk. <laughs> That's also the only... Um, the only okay look so he's not a character with no nuance because obviously there's much nuance in the Bruce Banner aspect. But his his enemies his fight scenes are just so thoroughly uninteresting to me they're just they're boring i don't want to just see two big old men uh well i i don't know men two big old dudes you know fight each other you know it's just i don't know i just as i've mentioned before i'm not a big fan of kaiju battles and this is like a midway point between kaiju battles and regular old people human-sized people battles and it's just literally all it's just it's just a battle to see who is physically stronger you know and i think that's just a an incredibly shallow story you know i kind of lame to me kind of lame you know i mean like wow whatever <laughs> whatever whatever um where was I going with that? Oh, yes. So in the comics, Thaddeus Ross becomes the Red Hulk. And so, you know, naturally, everybody has been assuming that in this film, we're going to see a little bit of that uh, because obviously the original um, the original Thaddeus Ross actor died. What is his name? Um, is it William Hurt? Um, let's see here. No, it is not William Hurt. I think that's another one that I do all the time as well. Um, let's see. Where is his name at? Oh, it is William Hurt. Oh, that picture just looks, he just looks very differently when he, when he's completely, uh, cleanly shaven. Um, but yes, unfortunately, he passed last year. And so when you recast and you recast somebody as big as Harrison Ford, you have to assume, oh, they're doing something big here. You know, somebody like that isn't just going to come in just to be your standard run of the mill political figure. Right. Um, but then furthermore, in this Instagram post that. Uh, you'll remember is the impetus for this whole story that Anthony Mackie made. It's him talking with Harrison Ford. And in it, if you zoom in, it looks pretty, pretty, it looks, it looks pretty certain that uh, Harrison Ford's got some ripped pants. And not uh, in the cool guy, you know, ripped jeans kind of way. It looks like he's got some completely tattered shorts a la you know bruce banner after he is de-transformed from the hulk um 
And so naturally the whole Twitterverse is going wild. And it does, I mean, it sort of kind of tracks that you would want to get somebody like Harrison Ford, who's a big name, uh, who's getting up there in age so that he could do this film. Um, And then from here on out, as the Red Hulk, it would just be voice acting. You know, it makes sense. If you're if you're if you're him, it makes sense that that's something you'd want to do. I gotta say though, I hope he's not doing like the mocap. <laughs> I hope he's not doing the mocap for these battles. He's gonna break some bones. Oh man, hasn't he like broken a bone on literally every movie he's done lately? I know he did on Star Wars. Pretty sure he did on indie. Ah, whatever. He's just he's just gotta slow down, take it easy, dog. You know, just revel a little bit. You know, just chill. But I don't know. So that's something that I think is interesting. Um, as I've said, I don't really care per se about the Hulk. <laughs> I don't know how that's gonna factor in to this film. Like, I hope we don't have to have a weird. Sam Wilson against a Hulk scene like that just doesn't make any sense to me how is that gonna work I mean I I don't know maybe maybe he just turns to Hulk right at the end and then I don't know I don't know it is what it is I guess well we will just have to see um as far as the Red Hulk goes I do have one final note on this this Instagram post. Uh, in it, it showcased obviously not only the new name change and Harrison Ford with some ripped shorts, we also got to see the new Captain America suit, which is something that I am super interested in. It looks so much better. Um, it moves away from the, the comic accurate style that we got at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier. You know, the mostly white... Uh, I, I just thought it looked absolutely ridiculous. You know, me and Shade, Shade and, was that the beginning of a sentence? Shade and, Shade, I don't, where, where, where does the subject and the predicate go? Both Shade and myself, there we go. We both thought that the suit was stupid and, Though I've never bothered to do any research, I would assume a lot of people sort of felt the same. It, I, I thought it looked dumb. Go ahead and look, look up a picture of it. You know, um, I, I just thought it looked, it looked weird. Um, it, it just, <sighs> I liked that the dominant color, apart from the white, I liked the way the blue worked in it. I just. I guess my main gripe is with like the head thing, like his weird visor headband. I thought that looked really stupid, but looking at it now, I mean, the torso of it is okay. I don't really like the, the red and white. I don't like how far up that comes, I guess. And his arms, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan of it, but (laughs) his new suit um is is much darker it follows it's a much more navy blue and it's it's very reminiscent of caps of of Steve Rogers um stealth suit that we saw in Winter Soldier which 
is is one of the better suits. I think I kind of like his Infinity War suit more. I like the the I believe it was all black in Infinity War. Um let's see here Captain America in the Winter Soldier. Yeah, that it's very, you know, navy blue um navy blue. There's not really any red whatsoever. The white is very minimal. I I really like that. Um, I really like that style, but I I do think I do think the Infinity War suit is really cool. Plus, I like the scales underneath, and it, it, it it's inter- It's cool to me that it literally <clears throat> part of it just looks like his traditional suit, but like worn down you know like he's he's seen he's been out in the world they've been on the run um man and maybe it's part part of it's just because his hair and his beard look so good right there i mean that is just you know one one sexy beast of a man you know and i'm wearing socks right now um (laughs) just wanna just wanna put that out there um yeah, I don't know. I think the new suit is is a good is a good a good a good uh, a good idea. Frankly, um, obviously we only got like a side profile, so I don't we don't know what the um, what the star looks like on the front. But I, I like that it seems to be much more minimal, more minimalist. It's very interesting to me. Um, but that is all we have for Captain America. That is still set to release May third on twenty on May third, twenty twenty four. So we still got a little less than a year away. Our next story of the week. Geez, did I really spend fifty minutes talking about Captain America? That is crazy. I didn't even notice. Sorry, guys. What a what quite the rant. Our second story. Um, is much shorter, so don't worry. This focuses on Ahsoka. We have an official release date. Um, I believe the last we heard, they'd given us a range, uh, or maybe a range isn't the most accurate way to describe that, but they told us it was going to come out in August. And now we know that it will be available on August 23rd. So we are getting real close to that. Wow, that's, that's literally two weeks away or two weeks that was stupid two months away i know i know how calendars work it's two months away so we're getting real close man that that means i better start my rewatch of the clone wars right now so i can do that and watch rebels i'll have to watch those episodes of mando where we see her You know, and this sucks because I really wanted to read the Thrawn books before that TV show came out, but I, uh, I, I, I definitely dropped the ball on that. I think I even, yeah, I even put it back downstairs. It was on my desk for a while because I wanted to get to it, but then I started reading the Fellowship, <laughs> Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, so good. I'll read the, I'll read that a million times over again. I know that Timothy Zahn books are really good. I know that they've all been good, even like the extended Universe Legends ones. It's just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just have not been drawn to those for a while. Um, so I dropped the ball on that, but I will certainly be rewatching. I have to rewatch the Clone Wars. 
This is, you know what, actually, this is perfect, because I kind of, I, you know, Shade has gotten me into a bit of a Star Wars mood lately. We talked about it a lot this weekend. Um, we've, we talked a lot about Star Wars and uh, some possibilities that we want to see up in the future, and we even watched a couple episodes of Tales of the Jedi. So, you know what, I might as well just watch, or I might as well just hop right into my rewatch for the whole franchise you know <laughs> i'll just get right back into it mm, yeah that's gonna take a while but i i really i kind of i don't want to do it but then i also do ah that's tough we'll see we'll see what happens um apart from the release date they've also told us for sure that it will run for eight episodes um I believe that might that might be something that we knew in the past, but they they have restated it for sure. Obvi- obviously, this is Dave Filoni's baby, so he is heavily involved. Um, and then one final note on Ahsoka: we got a new t- little teaser image, which is a little perplexing to me. Um, it's what would appear to be an inquisitor now for those of you who um haven't watched like the animated star wars shows i one recommend that you you go back and do them <laughs> or do watch them because they're incredibly great um i would say watch the clone wars and i i still think you should but necess- for this the Inquisitors, it's not necessarily important. Um, to get the rundown kind of on what the Inquisitors are, are I recommend you just go watch the Rebels series. Um, the first season is slow because it's a child's, it's a child's <laughs> thing. Um, but seasons two, three, and four are really good. And it's only four seasons. It's not all that long. And based on what, what we're... He- what we've been hearing it seems like it's kind of required watching i was going to say required reading but it is a tv series um it might be required material for the ahsoka tv show i mean obviously we know thrawn is going to be in it um sabine is obviously going to be in it as well and so you know those are storylines that you might not necessarily understand unless you go back and watch the rebels series so for sure i recommend going back and watching that before you watch the ahsoka series um but essentially what the inquisitors are are they are wielders of the dark side of the force and they are part of this organization called i believe it's just the inquisitorius or the inquisitorius or something along those lines um and this is an organization that was obviously set up by the Empire, headed up by Darth Vader himself. Uh, directly below him was the Grand Inquisitor, whom we saw in very briefly in um, the Obi-Wan TV show. He also plays a big role in the beginning of Rebels. Um, and basically all they do is they hunt down the remaining Jedi. And what is interesting about this image and its sort of implications is that 
presumably, at least, all the Inquisitors would have been gone by the time we get to new, to A New Hope. What I've heard is that the organization had been disbanded prior to A New Hope, um, which is obviously, you know, before Return of the Jedi, wherein the entirety of the Empire, well, not the entirety, but the majority of the Empire would have been wiped out. And then, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Ahsoka is set after Mando, right? So we're in, you know, the age of of the New Republic. I, I mean, obviously it's, you know, I'm not going to say there's, there's no way that they could literally just be like, oh, well, this is an Inquisitor who managed to survive just by living on the outskirts. Obviously that's clearly possible why why wouldn't it be <laughs> you know um it's it's so weird so this article that i have from empire uh which i believe has the exclusive image they also agree that there shouldn't be any inquisitors left um several of the, of them are taken out at the end of rebels um a bunch are, are just murked in the Jedi games. That is Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. Um, but this is certainly, this image, I mean, this is certainly an Inquisitor. And you know what? It looks very similar to an Inquisitor that we've seen before. But I think that Inquisitor died. Yeah, because this isn't the that, that girl who's got the robot. But this is the guy... For those of you who have seen Rebels, this might make sense. For those of you who haven't, just bear with me here for a second. This is the Inquisitor who is looking for Darth Maul on that planet where the Sith Temple is, right? So um, Ahsoka, Kanan, and Ezra go to this planet to find the Sith Temple for... What are they looking for? I think they're looking for the Holocron... But why are they looking for the holocron? They're seeking. Are they seeking wisdom? I don't remember necessarily. I haven't seen that in a while. But they go to this planet where there's a Sith temple, and they meet an Inquisitor there. And the Inquisitor is surprised that they are there because he is looking for Darth Maul, um, who. I mean, I, I guess no. Everybody, everybody should know from the Solo movie. He's not dead. Um, <laughs> he's around and he is looking for the holocron so that he can find obi-wan to you know fulfill his his <laughs> his vengeance as it were um and uh while they're there a bunch more inquisitors show up two more inquisitors that we had previously seen yeah no i think that inquisitor died because this is the guy who, you know, he spins his, he's very fond of like spinning his lightsaber blades in the air and using the force to sort of float like a helicopter. Um, and I believe somebody damages his lightsaber. And so as he's flying, I guess, you know, he could have survived that, you know, he could have used the force to slow his fall. Whatever. 
not important, but it is interesting to me. It's it's very interesting to me that this character is here. And like I said, we just have the one image, I believe. We don't have really any other information. We don't know to what extent this person is going to be involved. I'm, You know, this could be a flashback. Now that I say that, this could be an, a flashback that Ahsoka is having uh, to her, her, her life during the period of Rebels. That's entirely possible. Um, I don't see why they couldn't do that. The armor looks really cool on this Inquisitor too. It, it, it's it's very interesting. Um, yeah, but I mean that you know that's it's it's a little weird to me, frankly. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm very excited to see what they do with this. Um, it's good. It's going to be awesome to see the the return of the Ghost Crew in most of its glory. Um, and then I'm really, really interested in seeing the the late Ray Stevenson's uh, Balin Skull. Um, he, I, I don't remember what necessarily his character is. I don't think he is um, a, like a Sith in the traditional sense. Um, but the thing that interests me Oh, here we go. Let's see. Balin Skull was a Force-sensitive human male, former Jedi Knight, who survived the Great Purge and became a mercenary during the New Republic era and Ahsoka Tano's search for Ezra Bridger. He wielded an orange-red lightsaber with a physical crossguard and dueled Tano. So, what is really interesting to me about this guy is the fact that his fighting style is so much different from the traditional Jedi. So, like, the the traditional Jedi martial arts are, are, are traditionally, you know, they're Eastern forms of combat, right? They they derive their movements from, from like, Eastern, you know, you think samurai, um, sort of that style of sword fighting. But Balin's skull... His style of fighting is very reminiscent of like medieval European English knights. The way that he holds his sword um, and the way that he moves it, it, it's it's very reminiscent of that. And I saw an interview with him where he talked about that. And I'm I'm really interested to see him and Ahsoka duel, the sort of clash of cultures, as it were, is is really interesting to me. Um, I hope... I hope that that character is cool. I hope that they do him right. hope they don't just screw him up, because I'll be really upset. I mean, even in the way that he blocks lightsaber bolts in the... Um, in the little teaser trailer, even the way that he he does that is different from the traditional way that we see Jedi block lightsabers. It's very, typically Jedis are very, not Jedis, Jedi are very fluid with their movements, you know. It's not necessarily hard and fast. But then when you watch Ray Stevenson do his, it's very jerky. It's very, oh, I don't know. It's very, it's just, it's, I'm really interested, if you can't tell. I, I like stuff like that. I like stupid little, um, little like 
I like learning about the little Easter eggs that we have. Um, that we that we. What am I trying to say here? Little, like little Easter eggs and little uh, things that relate it to the real world. And like I like to see where the inspiration for these come from. I think it sort of it, it helps have like a deeper understanding. Um, and it's really interesting to me. But that is all we have for Ahsoka. Our last story is one that I think we're going to come back to. I'm only going to say a little bit about it here. Um, but we're, we're going to do a much more in-depth uh, sort of review of the of the information that we got from this, I believe it's Vanity Fair article. Um, but w- what I really want to point out is that this is, I don't even, okay, so <laughs> Zack Snyder is making a comeback in December, I believe, with his uh, sci-fi space opera known as Rebel Moon. Um, this is going to be put on Netflix, and it is being broken into two movies, uh, two parts. According to uh, Zack Snyder's wife, Deborah, who is a frequent collaborator and producer on films, she said that he gave him the script, and it was 172 or so pages long, and it's about that you know the traditional format is one page is one minute <laughs> so this movie was nearly three hours long and she sent it back or and netflix was like hey look frankly movies under two hours just do inordinately better on our platform for whatever reason um all the long movies don't tend to go over that well and so, uh, not Scott Snyder, geez, that's the guy who wrote the new 52 Batman. Um, Zack Snyder said, look, I can't make this movie less than two hours because then we're going to lose all of the character and it's going to suck. So what they're doing is they're breaking it into two two films, um, which I'm in favor of. And I think he said that they're going to release them in fairly quick succession. Um just because Netflix, you know, the the sort of model of that platform is is different from traditional production companies. They can do quick turnarounds like that. Um, though we haven't been given a, sec- a release date for the second film yet. But this movie is really interesting to me. It is a, a space opera, just based off of the images and the information we have, that is possibly much more expansive than star wars is like the universe could be infinitely larger and not maybe not more interesting but i i i think it what well, it's, it's difficult because obviously you know with the original trilogy you get the sense of a deeper universe but really nothing is really explained, right? You sort of get hints that there's more going on, that, that it's this incredible, expansive galaxy, but really it is just focused on this one thing. Whereas from Rebel Moon, it seems like we're getting all of the world building up front. So we're just thrown into this massive world building 
this massive universe, this massive franchise, um, though it is still mostly centered on the eponymous Rebel Moon. Um, I'm I'm really interested in it, Uh, and it's it's because of that that I'm not going to go too deep into it just now. Um, This episode has gone I pretty long. I talked about Captain America. I think four times as long as I anticipated. <laughs> so, you know, uh, take that as you will. But this is one that we're going to come, we're, we're coming back to. Um, I want to do like a, a, a deeper sort of, maybe I might have to devote a whole episode to just this. There's so many interesting things going on here. Um, I mean, the cast list looks by itself looks pretty stacked. They are doing as much of the, effects practically as possible you know i we here are big fans of that um it's just it's it's really interesting to me the the visuals they just they look incredible um but the the, the main the main uh bit of information that i wanted to take away from this article just to share with you all right now is that there is going to be two separate cuts. <laughs> so we will be getting the traditional cut, um, which is going to be much more family-friendly, um, and I think it's going to be slightly shorter. And then we will be getting the the Snyder cut, I suppose, of, of this film. It is, it is going to be d- dark, gritty, gorier. It is going to be explicit and adult-only. Um so I'm I'm really interested in this. It I think it's one that 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 bears looking into, um, and they're making games out of it as well. Like they they've talked about this is Snyder has plans to make this a full franchise, like a fully fledged saga with video games and movies, and and I'm here for it. Frankly, I mean, I, you guys know how how big of a fan of Zack Snyder I am. Um, I've talked to a ridiculous degree about um oh geez man of steel that was embarrassing i <laughs> almost couldn't remember the name batman v superman was good up until the end um and with the, the whole lex luther thing I, did i talk about this last week too am i just is this is this just like a role a rule now that every week we have to talk about <laughs> about Zack Snyder and some of the the successes and shortcomings of his front stint at DC, um, but then also, you know, Three Hundred is an, is another incredible film. You know, very visually stunning. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of his work, and so I, I'm I'm really excited to see what he does here. I I would I would I would really really like to go in deep uh, and talk about it a little bit more, but we just frankly do not have time so we will have to end it there on that cliffhanger um if you are enjoying this 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 podcast if you wouldn't mind doing us a favor and uh giving it a five star review um if you listen on spotify i don't think they have written reviews but uh, you can still give it five stars. And then if you listen on, on you know, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or, or I don't know, I'm sure there's other podcasting services. Um, 
if you wouldn't mind just writing out, you know, a little heartfelt uh, review that really that'll help us out, boost us a little bit, um, boost us up a little bit in the algorithm. And, uh, you know, we can continue to uh, to justify <laughs> to justify doing this we'll grow a little bit more, because uh, obviously, as as we've discussed ad nauseum, it is fun. It is something we enjoy to do. I, for one, uh, like to talk a lot. <laughs> uh, I like to talk with shade. Um, the My Father Before Me's are really fun. It's 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 really fun to go back and have a reason to go watch these. Um, you know, <laughs> okay, could be better or trash movies from the the eighties and the nineties and and the like. Um, it's it's good to have an excuse to go back and watch those because certainly without that I cert I, I definitely wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't watch I, I would not have watched um this week's film if it weren't for um <laughs> if it weren't for for my dad and doing th- that segment um and certainly this weekend I believe it it goes live this Saturday make sure that you tune in to this episode of my father before me it was a very fun one and as a little a little teaser <laughs> so you have a little a little knowledge uh as to guess what what we might be talking about here is here is your hint for what uh this this week's episode is going to be <laughs> oh that was so stupid um that'll make sense saturday (laughs) oh man i should i should be like d bradley baker and and just and do voice acting but just for like like animals and sound effects i think i would do really well (laughs) oh man yeah but that's great um wow what a way to end it but yes that is in fact unfortunately how we're going to end it we will be back next week for more tomfoolery or shenanigans um hopefully with the old uh shader potato but nonetheless we will be here and we will catch you then